0: And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. Uh, familiar words that uh, most of us have heard before and and maybe we maybe we only hear them once a year or so but uh, but many of us every year at least we uh, hear these words and as I was reading these familiar words this year uh, a simple phrase stood out to me Uh, the time came The time came for that baby to be born. And uh, if you're a if you're a parent, you you maybe remember when your your first child was born, or or grandparent, your first grandchild entered the world. And and even though you you maybe had a a pretty good idea of of the date when that baby was due, and and in today's world, sometimes we uh we we have the uh, almost down to an hour. We have a scheduled appointment for a for a surgery or to induce labor. And, and we kind of have this very specific idea of when that infant will be born. But if you're a parent and you've hel- held your child for the first time, you know that, that even when you're aware of all of, the, uh, all of those details, that there's some surprise uh, in holding that little baby. It's, oh, it's a human. It's here. It's right in front of, of me. And I suppose Mary and Joseph experienced a little bit of that same emotion and feeling. They had been warned, they had been told, they, the announcement of Jesus had been given to them through uh, angels to both Mary and Joseph. Uh, uh, there, was, there was not a surprise in that, but holding that baby, uh, the time came, there was uh, that moment of surprise. Surprise. I suppose there's surprise with all kinds of births. I read a little bit this week about uh, you know, unexpected pregnancies or surprise pregnancies, surprise births folks that uh, didn't know they were pregnant until the baby was delivered. And, and you read through those stories and you wonder, well, how does that happen? And, and one, one woman uh, described the pain as she thought she was having a, an appendicitis and she needed to have her appendix removed. And, and a, a, another lady waited so long that finally her husband broke down and, and called an ambulance because she was in so much pain and, and delivered in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. And, and you read those stories and you would would expect maybe those, those infants to be, you know, tiny little babies, but uh, you read about healthy babies, uh, eight-pound babies being born, and, and everyone's surprised by that uh, pregnancy, by that birth. Maybe Christmas sort of surprised you this year. It it maybe sort of snuck up on you. We had a a little bit of a a circumstance this morning, and I had to go to the store, and so I went into the store, and as I was walking through the aisles of the store, I was looking around and, and seeing all the carts and all the people, and I thought, these folks need to get it together. It's ridiculous that they're out at this last minute, you know, doing any kind of shopping. They need to, to get this together. They shouldn't have been surprised by Christmas. But if you're in that spot, uh, it's probably too late, let's be honest. But if you're in that spot, I have some suggestions for some surprise gifts that maybe you could offer uh, this Christmas. Uh, it, you know, last minute, even though it's 60 degrees out tomorrow, everybody still loves a good blanket, and so if you can find one, you could you could. To offer this tortilla shell blanket, right? Just wrapped up like a burrito at night. That, that has to be comforting and uh, makes you hungry. I don't know. But you could, maybe you can find one of those for the last minute. Or if, if you think your gift should be a little more spiritual at Christmas time, I found a, a great book that you could, could maybe give as a gift called Dancing with Jesus. You can learn dances like the water uh, waltz or walk-on-water waltz, or the temptation tango, some of those sorts of things, a last-minute gift maybe you could give to somebody dancing with Jesus. Or here's my favorite, the toilet bowl nightlight, a gift that just keeps going all year round. Right? My favorite part of this advertisement is that it proudly proclaims that it is waterproof. I, I hope so. You know, I hope so. Uh, maybe you've been surprised by Christmas though and, and you've put off the shopping to the last minute. You have some last minute details to do or maybe you're just in a place where you've exhausted you know, yourself mentally and physically and monetarily. You're done You're just not sure how you're going to make it through the next few days, and I want you to know uh, that no matter where you're at, if you've been surprised by Christmas, if you're just uh, absolutely prepared, that we can make, we have time to make the very most of Christmas this year. And I think that story that we started to read in Luke chapter 2 will teach us four breaks, four pauses that we need to hit in our lives uh, this Christmas to be able to make the most of Christmas. And and so we're going to take a look at that that story. If you have your Bibles, you're welcome to go ahead and open them up to uh, Luke chapter 2. We're going to begin looking at these four breaks that we need to take. And and Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 8, we're going to pick the story up there. As we consider break number one, that we need to pause and worship Him. God's Word says this in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord." him. Our story in verse 8 begins with these angels and, uh, or these shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock. These were ordinary guys doing an ordinary job on an ordinary night. They had done the same thing the night before and the night before that. And the night before that, and the night before that, so on and so on, this was just an ordinary day this last week. I, we uh, were heading out to a high school girls' basketball game, and and uh, usually high school games are on maybe Tuesday night and Friday night, and because of the winter break, Christmas break, the, the last basketball game was on Thursday night, and so, uh, you know, I'm thinking that day I have to, I mean, I get to go to this girls' high school basketball game on Thursday night, and, and I, I'm. Going to go to that game tonight, and then uh, the girls had planned to spend the night at a friend's house because everybody was off the next day. Everybody was was off on Friday, and so I'm thinking I have a basketball game to go to, and everybody's going to have these activities on the next day. They're not going to work, they're not going to school, and so all day I'm thinking it's Friday, it's Friday, it's Friday, and I'm thinking it's Friday, and Sunday's coming, and this is what I have to make sure I have done. And my whole weekend was thrown off because of this one change in the schedule, and that didn't happen to these shepherds yet they they were experiencing just this ordinary night until an angel shows up in the sky And the glory of the Lord shone around that angel. Now if you read in scripture about the glory of God, the glory of the Lord, then you would know that this isn't isn't just a pretty angel that sort of sits on top of a tree announcing to these shepherds, this is a sight to behold. This is an intimidating presence that has made itself aware to these ordinary guys doing this ordinary job. And then it doesn't just stop there. There's just not one angel with the glory of God shining around. Around uh, them but a whole host of angels scripture says this would be a word that indicates to us it's like an army of angels that shows up and, and announces the birth of jesus brings this good news to these ordinary guys what an amazing message to these folks that most of people have forgotten about these angels show up and they announce the birth of jesus and they begin to worship jesus Glory to God in the highest, and on earth uh, uh, peace among those with whom he is pleased. They begin to worship God and to offer him glory for Jesus. How uh, these shepherds were doing their job, and these angels they show up, and you might you might say, well, of course these angels are supposed to do this. That's that's sort of their their job. This last uh, a week, uh, you know, all my kids are home. My uh, daughters are in high school. My son has been away to college. They're back home, which means there have been increased conversations in the home, and sometimes these conversations are pleasant, and sometimes. There's something that needs to be handled with these conversations that my kids were talking about and and debating, having they were arguing about who had eaten whose snacks in my house. And they're having this conversation, and I'm like, I can't believe you guys are, you know, 15, 17, 19 years old, and we're arguing about whose snacks have been eaten. And, And so I'm a peacemaker. I just want to make, resolve this issue. And as they're discussing who ate whose snacks, I said, you people have been eating my food for years. I never say anything about it. You know, and, and Zoe, my youngest daughter, said, well, Dad, it's your job to feed us. It's your job to feed us. And, and maybe she has a point. And if we said, well, of course these angels stopped and paused and worship God because after all it, it was their job to worship him. You read through the book of Revelation especially you will see all these heavenly creatures pausing and, and taking a moment to worship God because that's their job. That's what they're supposed to do. I want to turn your attention though to the very beginning of verse 15. It's a simple idea that when the angels went away from them into heaven the shepherds said to one another and And then they went about their business, right? Then they headed to Bethlehem. These shepherds had instructions to go check this out and to see. And they've heard this amazing story. And I'm sure they couldn't wait to get on to the next thing. They couldn't wait to determine, is this really true? If Messiah is really here, you know, I want to go see him. I want to check this out. But they didn't leave until the worship service was over. They paused. They pumped the brakes, they stopped, they took a break in everything, from everything that they were doing, worship him. If we want to make the most of Christmas, we ought to pause and to take a break and just worship him this season. Break number two is that we ought to wonder about him. Well, in verse 15, we learn that when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby. Lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. So the, the shepherds hurry off. We hurry well, and sometimes we hurry about the wrong things. But these shepherds had, had paused to worship him, and now they're heading off to see if what the angels had said is really true. And so they go with great haste, and they find Mary and Joseph and the baby in a manger, and it's exactly as the angels have described. And so, what's their response? Well, they can't wait to tell anyone they see. And they tell everyone that they see that these angels showed up and they gave us this story, told us this story with really good news for everyone. And then they said, go to Bethlehem and you'll find this baby wrapped in cloths. And, and it, we went there and it was just like they said, this is true. And scripture tells us that the people who heard the story from the shepherds wondered about it. They wondered about it. That's an interesting word. The Greek that we translate as wonder means to question, which which makes me a little nervous because it's Christmas Eve. I don't know if we should be questioning anything, but that's exactly what people did who heard this story about the first Christmas for the very first time. They questioned what they heard. And let's be honest for a minute. Let's be honest for a minute. There's several of us, many of us, who might have some things to question this last year about God. See, it's awfully hard, if we're honest, it's awfully hard to believe in a good God when life isn't, when things have gone poorly, when we've had a rough stretch, when we've had a bad week or a bad month or a bad year, it's tough to believe in a good God. You know, you think about the, our decorations at Christmas time. We have, well, some of my favorite decorations are nativity scenes. And we have several in our living room displayed. And we put them out and we, we show them, you know, display them proudly every Christmas. And some families have different traditions when it comes to the nativity scenes. I know some families who will put the wise men in a different part of the house or a different part of the room, and then they'll move them closer to the manger every week because, you know, the wise men probably didn't show up on that very first silent. At night and and it took them a while to get to Bethlehem and so people move them a little bit closer each week until on Christmas maybe they 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 put them at the nativity scene and uh, I know some folks even who will have a little toy uh, dragon and they'll perch that dragon on top of the on top of the barn in the nativity scene and you can go read uh, Revelation chapter twelve if you want to know you know why people maybe perch that dragon on top of a a nativity scene. We have different traditions when it comes to how we display those decorations. I want to give you a new one probably this year. I want to give you permission to go and, and just paint off the beards from your shepherds. Because we put these shepherds out in the nativity scene and there are these they're middle-aged old guys with beards kind of hanging out there. And we think of these guys as, as sort of wise old sages who, who hear this good news and they follow the directions right away. That's just not who the shepherds were. These shepherds were the the lowest class of people in their society that you could think of. They were were not trusted at all. History tells us that they couldn't testify in court because nobody would believe them. We might maybe think of them as working class individuals, middle-aged men, but they were probably much younger than that. They were probably like junior high kids. You kind of read through the history of shepherds in the Bible, and they tend to be the young folks. huh? And, And by time. Jesus is born, these shepherds end up shepherds because they've had not just a bad week or a bad month or a bad year, but probably a bad decade. These junior high kids turn to being a shepherd because they don't have any other choices. Uh, Several of them were likely orphans, more of them probably abandoned, with no other choices to sustain themselves. But to sell themselves sort of into indentured servanthood as a shepherd and to hang out at night watching these sheep. And it's to that situation, it's in that spot, in that moment, that this chorus of angels shows up and says, We have good news of great joy. There's somebody who's been born. Who can make a difference in your life even when it's not going the direction you want it to go even when things have gone downhill rather than up to the right jesus can make a difference we ought to wonder we ought to question notice as well that when the angels say you ought to go check this out you know what the shepherds didn't do they didn't give a thumbs up and say we believe you right what did they do man they went to the manger They went to find out and to discover that everything was just as God had promised. This Christmas, maybe don't paint the beards off your uh, shepherds in your nativity scene, but absolutely take permission to ask questions and to seek Jesus just like the shepherds did. Wonder about him. The third break that we need to take is to ponder him. Look at just verse 19. Uh, A little bit different response here as the shepherds wonder about, and and the folks that the shepherds told wonder about Jesus. Uh, Verse 19 says, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Uh, There's just a little different response. She treasured and she pondered. And so, what's the difference here? Uh, You know, I think of that word ponder and I think of wonder, and there's some, there's some, questions that are still being asked. And I think for sure that Mary didn't have a full grasp of what was going to happen in her life over the next several years. She didn't have a full understanding of the destiny of Jesus' life and the mission that he had. But, but she was willing to treasure these things. And there was just something different about her response. And I think that difference is, is that while she still had questions, Jesus was here. Jesus was here. I told you my oldest son has been off to college, and he's back home for Christmas break, and that's a lot of fun, you know, and, and uh, you, you know, as a parent with a kid away for a, a lot of time at, at college, we're, we're learning how to how to navigate that and how to handle that, and, and I thought, oh man, I'm never going to sleep again because, you know, he's going to be off, and I'm going to be wondering, I'm going to be thinking, well, this is what I did in college, what in the world is he doing? right? And then I hate to say it, but the kid leaves for college and they're there and things are going pretty well and you don't hear, you know, any horrible stories. And, and, and so sort of out of sight, out of mind, you, you kind of relax a little bit until the FaceTime call comes at 1230 in the morning. And you answer the FaceTime call and you say, what in the world's wrong? And he's like, nothing. I was just at Walmart and I was, you should be bleeding right? You should be dead, something, you know, don't call at 1230. What were you doing, dad? I was asleep, right? And then they come home, and that worry sort of escalates. It's very odd. They're at home, right? And they they leave the house, and they say, well, hey, I'm going to go out, and and it's nine o'clock at night, and you're like, what in the world? Why are you leaving the house at nine o'clock? I feel so old. You know, there's nothing good that happens, and so where are you going to be? When are you going to come home, and all of these things, and, and, And then when all the kids are at home at the same time and you're going to sleep and you've never slept better than that because everybody is here. Everybody's here. Mary had all kinds of questions, I'm sure, just like the shepherds did. But Jesus was here here. And Jesus is here. A great section of scripture in Philippians chapter 2 uh, describes it like this. It, it encourages us to have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. And, and then it tells this story of, of Jesus leaving, leaving heaven, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and, and being found in the appearance of a man he humbled himself uh, becoming obedient to death even death on a cross and therefore god exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above any name that at the name of jesus every knee should bow and heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue would confess that jesus christ is lord there's a huge difference when jesus is here We remember, we acknowledge that on that first Christmas, Jesus is here, and even as we do that, we anticipate that he's coming again, just like Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11 promises us that Jesus is here. We can take a break and ponder him. And finally, the fourth break that we need to, to take in our lives is just to keep obeying him. Look at verses 20 and 21. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them and at the end of eight days when he was circumcised he was called Jesus the the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb And we've talked the last several weeks about the fact that, that, you know, Christmas, this first Christmas happened to real people in real time, and and they experienced these real circumstances that sometimes were positive and sometimes were negative, and they had to navigate the ups and downs of of that first Christmas just like we navigate the ups and downs of of every day of our lives and every Christmas that we experience, and it happened to real people. I was having a conversation with somebody about uh, Christmas movies and especially about Hallmark Christmas movies. Do you guys watch these? They're the same thing happens every, every, every Christmas movie. You know, there's, there's a boy and a girl, and, and they meet each other, and, and uh, they meet in this, uh, some variation of this small town. They leave the evil corporate job they have, and they meet each other, and they're, they're very, very different, right? They have all kinds of different backgrounds and experiences, but they fall in love. And then somewhere, uh, you know, three-quarters through the movie, they, they have a disagreement. There's a misunderstanding. And there's a fight. And you're not sure if they're going to make it. But in the last five minutes, as it begins to snow, even if it's in Phoenix, Arizona, as it begins to snow, <laughs> right? They, they're back together. And they, and they kiss. And, and everything goes all right. And when you watch movies like that, you, you know, it's no wonder that we sometimes describe Christmas as magical, It's this magical time. I heard a preacher by the name of Jim Bergson say this week that Christmas isn't magical; that it's miraculous and see what he means is is that uh, we we might be fooled into thinking that it's magical because nothing is impossible with god but we can point to the miracle we can see when jesus we can read about when jesus entered this world we know that he's a part of our lives and is making a difference in our lives day after day after day and so we can point to the miraculous we can point to the difference that jesus is making we can see uh what when christmas happened and 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 how it affects us. And our response to that very real Christmas ought to be very real in and of itself. This, this Christmas really happened, and so it really deserves a, an actual real response. And we read that for Mary and Joseph in verse 21. They, you know, they wait eight days, they name their new baby Jesus. Why? because that's who God told them. That's what God told them to name. At the very beginning of the story, the angel shows up. You're going to have a son, name him Jesus, which is pretty cool. But then at the end of the story, something remarkable happens. They follow through and they obey and they name him Jesus. They have this real response of obedience. We should take a break and and really obey him this Christmas. We've been thinking about songs this Christmas season in our series, Christmas Notes, and we're wrapping that up tonight. We're going to participate tonight in a tradition here at Wallula Christian Church. It's it's not a tradition that that's exclusive to our church for sure. Uh, there, there'll be all sorts of candlelight services this evening, ending with the singing of Silent Night, and we're going to do that right now. A Silent Night is a is a song rich in history. It's it's just over 200 years old, and and when it was written. Uh, 200 years ago it happened at just the right time in just this right place Uh, a young priest who had written a poem uh, several years uh, uh, before that and he he goes and prepare for the christmas eve service and finds out that the organ is broken and so he, he wants to have a song to sing that night, and he goes to a buddy's house, and he asks, them, asks him to write music that would be simple enough to play on a, on a, on a guitar so that they might worship that Christmas Eve. And, and they put the, the words to that poem together with this new music, and, and Silent Night is sung for the very first time. It's this simple reminder of God's Timing And as we look back to the idea that that as Jesus enters this world at at just the right time, we know that we can worship this evening at at just this appropriate time and acknowledge that light has entered our world. And we're going to take a minute just to do that right now. We're going to light some candles and we'll sing uh, Silent Night. And as we do that, I just want us to think about how we can pause uh, to worship him and to seek Him, to wonder about Him, and to uh, ponder, to acknowledge that He is here, and to keep obeying Him.